All right, so here's what we're going to do. We are uh, continuing on in our foundation series uh, this week. We are in week five, and um, this week we're going to be talking about the doctrine of humanity. Now, when we talk about this, there's a lot of different ways in which we're going to go. I've, I've broken it down into, a, I believe, a clear path that we are going to progress down today. But before we get into that, I think it's important of just having a brief review of why we're doing this, why this matters. The, 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 um, the, whole, the whole series is called Foundation, Foundations, What Matters to Us, us being the church, our church. Now, what we've talked about in the past is the, are, are the, the, these doctrines that we have here are pretty universal to most Bible-believing churches um, throughout, the, throughout the world. Uh, so this is not, these are not things that you're going to be... Um, probably, they're not things that are going to be new to you for the first time. All we're doing is we're, we're, we're making clear bar- or boundaries. Um, it, it's, they're kind of like guardrails. Think of it that way. Uh, the, the, the Christian life is kind of like a, a, a big interstate. We're going down the interstate, and the guardrails are keeping us from going off the edge. All right, Because if we go off the edge, it's like a cliff. Anybody been in those states that have those big cliffs? I know you travel out west, you get a lot. Of, even if you go down like West Virginia, you got some, you know, down in God's country, you, you got some uh, of those. You go off the side and you're, whew, Way down there. I believe that that's what, what, what doctrines and these foundations uh, do for us. They give us these um, guide rails. These give, they give us these, these areas like we know, we know what to believe because this is what, what, we're, what we've been taught. And this is not just me saying, okay, this is what you need to believe. But this is what the Bible says. Therefore, our, our walk, we can pursue that. We can put the gas pedal down and go because we know we're not going to go off the edge. Any speed demons in here? There's a cop up here. Roy, don't, don't go through Alliance when Roy's on, uh, on duty. He'll get you. He'll pull you over just and, and make you get out of your car. So the rest of us, when we're going by, we're like, hey, that's Roy. Wait, is that Ogre? Does he have Ogre? Ogre spread out on the hood. Come on, man. Right? Is this necessary? Oh, my. All right, so the reason we're doing this is because the, the prevailing trend in just society, but has crept into the, the church, is that there's a lot of um, openness and ignorance when it comes to uh, doctrines and when we're, when we're talking about with the fundamentals of the faith. So I think that it's important to have the, the, these uh, types of series that, that we preach that um, are, are, are just reaffirming, or for some it's, it's revealing for the first time. Others it's like just reinforcing what it is that we do believe and what it is that we do know. Uh, because what happens is if we don't, uh, like I said a, a few weeks ago, we get the coexist bumper stickers and, and you, you put it on the back of your car and say, oh, everybody can coexist together. But you can't because the, 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 the understanding of what it is we believe, it doesn't mean that we, we hate and, and that, that people from other um, religions or even people from cults are, are the enemy. This is what I teach a lot on, on Wednesday night when we're talking about world religions and, and, and cults. It's not that they're the enemy, they're, but, but there are a lot of lost and deceived people out there. Lost being that they're, they're, they're dying and, and they're, they're living or they're, they're going to spend an eternity apart from God. 
So what we have to do is we don't have to look at people as the enemy. We need to look at people as the lost. And what we need to do is we need to be firmly rooted and grounded in what we believe. So, because this is, I think, the biggest barrier. Fear is the biggest barrier. But overcoming the fear of actually talking to someone is like, I don't really have a firm, solid foundation of what I know. I don't feel confident. And once we, if we don't feel confident, then we're not going to open our mouth. So I think that these, these times when we, we look at... at um, doctrines like these, it's helping to build that confidence because when we do know what it is that we believe, we can communicate that. Too often what happens is somebody asks you, what do you believe about? If somebody came up to you, uh, this, if somebody came up to you this week and said, what do you believe about the doctrine of humanity? I'm sure you would say something, yeah, we're created in God's image and uh, sanctity of life and uh, you know, th- those things would come out. But but having a clear understanding of what that means to be created in God's image might be something that, not saying that you're lacking, but you just need a little bit of help with. That's what these doctrines do. So with all of that, we are going to jump right into the doctrine of humanity. In your notes there, I put what it is, the statement in which we believe about the doctrine of humanity, that we believe that all humanity is created in the image of God, and possesses intrinsic dignity and worth. So let me. So let's 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 look at this one more time. Slowly going through. We believe. So this is this the belief statement which we have that all humanity is created in the image of God. That's where we're going to kind of camp today. That's created in the image of God and possesses intrinsic dignity and worth. Now when I talk about this intrinsic, in, 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 I can't even say the word intrinsic, right? intrinsic, intricate, right? We'll just say intricate. This, this, this special dignity, there's a high level of worth that is put into every human being. And what we don't need to do is we don't need to draw away from that. Well, you don't know such and such. I, I don't, I'm not saying that. We're going to make a general statement about humanity, then we're going to break this down a little bit. Because I, I believe that when we talk about the image of God and, and that we were created in the image of God, I think that there is some confusion about what that means. So, uh, the big idea, the, the focus in which we're going to have today is that the image of God in which humanity was created in was damaged, but is being restored. So, the, the, the image of God, that's what, that's what we were created in. When I say we, humanity... Humanity was created in the image of God, but something happened that damaged it, and now it needs to be restored. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the damaging part. We'll talk about the, what, that, what that is and everything, but next week we're going to be talking about the doctrine of sin, so we'll talk about the fall and, and everything, and uh, evil and all that kind of, of stuff that everybody likes to you know, talk about. Did God create evil? Is God the, the author? Just, just chill. We'll, we'll do all that next week. Um, but this week, the, the um, image of God is going to be the, the main focus. So if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Please. Because in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to get uh, the beginning of humanity. We're going to be able to see how we were created why we were created, all that good stuff. Genesis chapter 1, let's look, we're going to look at just verse uh, 24, and we'll roll down through 28. 
And God said, I, I, I love that. Just think about this. How did, how did things come into to being? Because God spoke, which is, which is really interesting because when, when, when you are reading the Bible, this is God's spoken word. So now I'm not over-spiritualizing. I am just making real the reality of what this is. When you read the Bible, you're reading the words of God that He spoke. The same, the same God who spoke creation into existence has spoken, has revealed Himself. So is it important to read the Bible? Yeah, it is. Why? Because you get to hear from the, the creator of the universe. That, that, that is, that, that's power. That's power. It's not guilt, like, I don't read the Bible. No, 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 that's power. That's just a, an, another incentive to read Scripture. Anyways, I'll go on. That's not what I wanted to talk about. And God said, let, there, or let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, living, or livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Was it a dinosaur? I don't know. Maybe. It was a woolly mammoth. Whatever. And it was so. Whatever it is, it was so. Because God spoke it into existence. 25. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. You notice it says creeps. I don't think he made snakes. Snakes are part of the fall and everything. So, no, I'm just playing. So, and God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then God said, again, I love that. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So pause for a second. This, this is important because when, we, when we're looking at um, the doctrine of humanity, we, we, we have this um, also an overlap of the doctrine of creation here. But what we have here is uh, th- th- this phrase that, that confuses a lot of people. And, and there are a little bit of, there's some debate on, on, uh, on what is being said here, but I think it's pretty clear, if you ask me. Um, when it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Uh, some will, will, and again, this isn't going to be a hill which I'm going to die on. I have a, a strong opinion, but. Uh, some would say, well, God's talking to the heavenly host, like the council uh, of heavenly hosts or whatever. Uh, maybe I had a professor that, that was a big proponent of, of that. Uh, great guy, loved Jesus and everything. But that was something he was like, it was, it was the council of, uh, of the heavenly hosts. All right, you can have that maybe. But I really believe that what it is, is just, it's a Trinitarian view here. It's just God uh, communing with himself saying, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And, and I like this too because when, when it says here that, it is, that, we're, that, that we are made, that the humanity is made after the, the, the image and the likeness of God, what it then goes on to say is it gives us our role. Too many times what we do is we don't know our role. Our role as created is to have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Our role is to be stewards of what it is that God has created, not to worship what it is that God has created. 
That's where we get into a lot of problems is when people put a created being, a creation, and worship it as a creator. No, no, no. We were put on this earth to steward what God has given us. I'm not a big environmentalist, I'm, I, but I'm not saying that we should just run down the road and throw uh, our, our, our plastic water bottles out, out the window or dump our oil in the uh, drain. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is that, that, that as a Christian, we have to, we have to grab hold of, of this understanding that we are to be good stewards of what God has created, whatever that may be. We don't have to be fanatics. You don't have to run out of here and go hug your favorite tree. I love you and worship the tree. No, that's idolatry. That's not what we're doing. We're to have dominion over. All right, let's go on. Verse 27. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. Jesus is calling. That's what we need to have ringtones. Everybody had the same ringtone. That would be awesome if everybody had the same ringtone. So when somebody called, we wouldn't know who it was, and everybody be checking their phones. Anywho, it's all right. It's all right. Hey, we have it all the time. It's it's always got to be visitors that it happens to, right? It's it's all right. It's totally cool because Bill over there is checking his phone to make sure that who let the dogs out doesn't come back on. That that was awesome. <laughs> so, all right, let's go on. All right, in verse twenty-seven, it continues on with this statement in which uh, um, the Godhead, the tr- this Trinitarian statement. So it says here in verse twenty-seven: So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. And I love that this is, this is in here. This is not just an addition to our Bibles that the English put in here. It says, male and female, he created them. Humanity consists of male and female. All right? The image of God is male and female. That's why the, marriage, why marriage, the covenant of marriage is, is held so high because of the image of God is displayed in male and female together. That's the fullness here. So, with that, it goes on, verse 28. We'll come back to to, to 27 here in a little bit. Verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Again, I I love this, because it's not like I'm I'm, going to create you, and you just can kind of just do what you want, and put your feet up in your recliner, and don't do anything at all. No, God created, and then He gave them something called the cultural mandate. Like, here's what you're, you're supposed to do. Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. You know what that means, right? Procreate. Procreate, yeah, PG, yeah. It's to do that. So, but that is important because I, what has happened is the enemy has taken something that is sacred that God has given us and made it dirty. No, sex is not meant that way. It's to be a good thing. All right, we will talk on that some other day. I don't want to embarrass anybody else anymore. Oh, no, no. But that's right. Um, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. This is our church growth strategy here. Be fruitful and multiply and fill these seeds, right? We'll, We'll make babies. We'll make babies. All right. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the living things that move on the earth. So when, when told um, about the 
the role of humanity, it really gives us the, 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 the purpose for humanity as well. The purpose in which God had, has given us is to be image bearers of Him. It's so that God's glory can be displayed throughout creation. So when we look at this, and, we say, and it says, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness, and it goes down in verse 27, so God created man in His own image. What we have to understand is this is where you get this... Um, it's a, it's a Latin term, it's a theological term, you've, you've heard it before, imago Dei, just means, it's just Latin for uh, image of God. We are created in, after the image or in the image of God. And when we are created in the image, there, there, I believe that there are, now, and, and the reason I broke this down, I think is just so we can better understand like, why all this matters. Remember what we talked about? It's, it's not necessarily just an information dump. I don't want to just in, inform you on things. I want to give you the information, then I want to uh, give you the, the question which we've been asking, we make sure we ask, Jake's going to ask me this morning, like, okay, so what? All this information, what's it for? How's that going to uh, help me transform or be, help me be transformed my walk with Christ? So this information, I broke it down into three categories here. The first one here is created image. Because I think it's important that we understand that as we're reading through this, there is a, a, an image that we were created in that it, as God designed it in the beginning. So I, I put there, I think in your notes, um, that God made humanity, and remember that's male and female, not just one or the other. Um, th this whole nonsense about choosing identity and identity, gender issues and stuff like that, all of it, it, it it's, just, it's all sin. It's sin. I mean, and I don't know how, I'm not trying to, I don't want to be stepping up on that, that soapbox and, and, and demeaning. No, no, no. Here's what it is. It's sin. It's a sin issue. Um, and that, that sin is no greater than the sin in which you're dealing with in, our, in your life. What does that mean? That means that, 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 that you need Jesus, I need Jesus, they need Jesus, we all need Jesus. Right? So we have to understand that he's the only one that can restore anything. So again, off the soapbox, diving in. God made humanity, male and female, in his own image, set apart as his image bearers. That is very, 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 very important. What we know is that, that mankind, when I say mankind, that's humanity. Mankind or humanity is different, was, was created differently than all of the rest of the creatures. All of the rest of the creatures in creation was spoke into existence. We won't read it, but if you want to do a little bit of reading on your own, you just go to Genesis chapter 2, and it talks about how God created man and how he created woman. What we have to understand is God formed our first parents, Adam and Eve, out of what it is he made. So out of the dust of the earth, he formed Adam. And it says, and I think it's in verse 7-ish, somewhere around in there, that um, after he formed Adam out of the dust of, of the earth, he breathed life into him. You understand that, that, that humanity, that God created us, he molded us, and then he didn't just speak, he breathed life into us. That makes us distinct. That sets us apart from every other created being. We have a soul. We have an eternity with inside of us, all right. So understand, I I I love dogs. I got one of my I got love. I have a, a, a Dober Doberman that I love to death. My best buddy, dude. Doesn't doesn't matter how much he loves me, or I think he loves me, or how much I want to personify him. He doesn't have a soul. 
He is, he is not like, cre- not, not, not like the, uh, human beings. It is when, when my, my dog or cats or wherever, your hamster or snakes or whatever, anything, <laughs> pets, when they, when they die, they don't go, oh, all dogs go to heaven. Well, that means cats go somewhere. Um, <laughs> no, 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 but, but they don't have a soul. But there's going to be lions and lambs in heaven. Yes, I understand that. I know what that means. But I know also that the Bible says that humanity, there is something special about humanity. It doesn't say, and we'll see, and I'll reference this in a minute, but it doesn't say that if a dog kills a dog, then that dog has to die. But it says that if a man sheds another man's blood, that man's blood, the murderer, his blood should be shed. So there is special. Specialness. I, I think we like that word. There, there's that intrinsic value in humanity. It doesn't matter if you're a sinner or if you're not. I, when I should say that. Believer or unbeliever, right? We're all sinners, right? We're all in the need of a Savior. What we understand here is that when God created, God created in perfection. In, not M, in space, perfection. He created Adam and Eve perfect. They were the perfect display of what the image of God is. Now, let's talk about the image of God real quick because I think it's important as we're talking about we're in the, we, we are created in His image. The knowledge of um, this is important. Now, when I say this, it is, this is not, I don't want to get geeky and show you ex, my exegetical underwear and everything like that, what, but what I want you to understand it is that we have to take into context and we have to look at and understand the original audience in which the Bible, specifically this book was written to, to really understand what this made in His image and His likeness really truly means. Because the original audience, what we have a tendency of doing is we have a tendency of divorcing the original audience and, and say, well, the Bible's written directly to me. Well, if it's written directly to me in the 21st century, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. And if you, if you read it as, well, it's written directly to me and is written in a way in which it, it, it is alive in the 21st century, well, it is. The Bible is active. It is alive. But what we have to do is we have to understand how to look at what it says, understand what it says to the original audience, and then take that theological principle and apply it to us. This is one of those, those texts that is very important because the original audience, when... When this book was written out, Moses wrote Genesis. Was Moses there? No. Marlon was there, but Moses wasn't there yet. Right? So, but understanding that when Moses wrote this, this is what God breathed out to him, that God inspired him to, to write. But he was writing to a, an original audience that, that would have accepted this or would have understood what he says in a certain way. So as it, as it says there that let us make man in our image after our likeness, it would have been understood, and there's a lot that goes into this, so I, I, that's why I don't want to just open all that up and tell you how you get to this, but what they would have heard, what they would have seen, what they would have read, what they would have understood was this. Let us make man to be like us and represent us. That's what an image and a likeness does. It's a representation of so when, when the Godhead said, let us make man our own, own image and after our own likenesses, we, we, we were going to create this being to be our representatives, our special representatives there on earth. 
as we look at that, this is the question I get all the time. Well, and this is, it's, it's not a bad question because theologians and preachers and pastors, everybody asks this question. Like, what exactly are the list of attributes or all these lists? Of, what's this list of things that, like, I can look at morality or intelligence or all these things that the people say, well, this is what it means to be in the image of God or this is what it means to be in the image of God. I, I believe that there's, a, there's a, an intended vagueness to our, our text here. Like, there's no list. And I know for, for you type A people, you freak out when you're like, all right, I'm made after the image of God. Ready? Go. It's this, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this. Everybody wants 20 things on a list, right? No, no there's a vagueness here because I believe this, that the, the text only affirms that, that man is like God, and it's the rest of Scripture that fills in the details of how we are like God, how we are created in His image. And I know you wouldn't do this, but other people, would. what would happen is, if God gave a list of things in Genesis chapter 1 here, you would never get past that. You would just say, oh, I'm going to work on these things here. i got my list. I'm going to go. Instead of diving deep into His Word and how He communicates who He is so that you can know who you are. I love how John Calvin says that the man can't know man until man knows God. You can't, we can't know ourselves until we know Him. So understanding here that, that the, the, it's the, the fullness of, of God, really, here's another thing, we can't know the fullness of God. He's infinite. And I, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to this week about that, but if we, if we think about it, if you could know God in His fullness... Would you want to worship a God like that? Because that means he would be limited. Well, what do you mean? No, 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 I'm not saying that we shouldn't desire to know him and we can't know him. He does reveal himself. But what we have to understand is we, we have a finite brain. And we can only use, we can only intake so much information. We can only handle so much. God's an infinite God. Our brain will be exhausted way sooner than God's infinite attributes. You, you tracking with me? So when it, when it says like in, in there that we're made after the image and the likeness of Him, there's so many different facets that are there. I, I think that um, a, a good example of this, a better way for us to understand this, is really over in Genesis chapter 5. And the reason I say this is because in when we're, we're talking about likeness and image and everything, I think that uh, we have a tendency to go super spiritual, which God is, he's, He is spirit. I, I, I get that. But we, we, when we go super spiritual, we have a tendency to leave real, the, 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 the reality, the, the, the simple things, I should say. We leave, we leave the simple things behind because, well, if we're talking about God, it's got to be so super spiritual and so out of, out of touch. No, there are some very simple things that we can know. And I think that we, uh, we can observe them. And like I said, it's through Scripture. But look, what, look at, at Genesis chapter 5 with me. And we're just going to read verse 3. Uh, when Adam had lived 130 years, and I, I pray, I, I don't want to live 130 years. If, if I'm alive, that somebody shoot me and send me to Jesus, right? Uh, and I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or anything like that, but like 130 years, that's, that's old. Right? Marlon's that old? 
That's pretty old, right? Um, it's old. So when Adam lived, I'll, I'll get back to the text. I, I'm better at that. When, uh, when Adam lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Okay, well, what, why, am I, why am I reading you that text? Well, Seth was after the image and the likeness of Adam. Does it give a whole list of attributes and everything of how, how Seth, who Seth was and what he looked like and then what this image and this likeness was? No, it doesn't. But what that does is that gives us a really clear picture of understanding that when we look at things like this and we, we, we see the similarity of uh, the image and likeness that, that Seth had because of Adam, that's the same image and likeness that we can, we, we can pick up about our Father, God, in us, how we are image bearers. Another crazy example would be this. You look at my son. And those that have known me the longest, so, so my dad, for instance. My dad all the time can look at my son and he just chuckles because Gabe is doing exactly what I did at his age, which is just being an angel. Uh, <laughs> no. Right. Right. So uh, under, understand, yeah, you're not, I, I was fibbing. It was just a little white light. No, was, I was lying, right. No, but, but dad can look at my son and, and, and see what, what I did. And, and you can, you, I can't deny the kid because that kid was made after my image and my likeness. Looks and all, right? I, I think that that's uh, the, the understanding which we have to have when we're talking about the image of God is there are going to be things that as we read through Scripture, as we go through life, we're going to see God in us. Does that mean that we're all little gods? No. It's we're representatives of Him. We are image bearers of the Creator of the universe. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. Now, when we say that, we have to understand that, that when He created, and, and, and when um, my, my iPad wanted to turn off, uh, when, when He created humanity, male and female, He, he created them in perfection. They were perfect. They're perfect. So we can't look at our lives and say, well, I'm jacked up, so God must be jacked up. No, no. Something happened. Sin entered into the world. Again, next week we're going to do Dr. Sin. But sin entered into the world and it fractured something. What it fractured is this, this Im, the, the image bearers and the way in which they, they, they displayed God because the relationship between the uh, creation and the creator was fractured. So this is where we get into the next point, point is um, the distorted image. I believe that we can look first at the created image, then sin enters into the world, we have this distorted image. Now when I say distorted, I don't want to say that the image of God is lost. It's distorted, but not lost. We cannot say from biblical, with biblical authority that when sin entered into the world, the image of God disappeared. No, because we do have texts like that in Genesis chapter 9 that, that talks about a, uh, the, 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 the value of life, that if one man sheds another man's blood, that that, that is so valued that um, the other man's blood should be shed. It says, whoever sheds the blood of, of uh, man by man, his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. What does that tell us? There's, it tells us a lot of things. That tells us one of those things that, that, that is hot, uh, it's a hot topic, it's a hot button issue uh, about abortion. Um, all human life is sacred to God. 
And I think that we need to make sure we take a stand on that. Now, that does, does that mean if we have somebody that has had an abortion or has somebody who knows it, are they a bad person? No, here's, again, remember, not the enemy. That's, it's just sin. We, we, we need, they need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need to help. We need to spread. We need to show. But we need to stand firm on what it is that the Bible tells us, too. It also says uh, in James chapter 3, uh, verse 9, when, basically, when, when James is talking about using your tongue and using your words and everything, he, he says that when we curse people, uh, you know, you bless God in one sentence and then you curse people, but you curse people who are made in the likeness of God. What, why am I telling you that? Because I, I want to emphasize the, the importance of that the image of God is distorted but not lost. Remember back to our, our, our big idea statement that the image of God in which humanity was created in was damaged, but is being restored. Why, why is that so important? I, I think it's, it is important because too often people don't see the need. Eh, what do I really need to do anything? They don't see the, 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 huge, the hugeness of this depravity. Of human depravity, like, hey, you know, the humanity is going to hell in a handbasket. Whatever, we're all on a downhill slope. No, no, no. What we have to understand is, even now, it doesn't matter how far someone is from God. It doesn't matter, and that could be the remotest of people. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't care of trying to determine who this is. But I'm saying, whoever it is. Doesn't matter how far they are from God, they still bear are image bearers of God. And God has great desire for them to be one of his children. Because the Bible tells us that God desires all people to be saved and come to the full knowledge of him. So what does that mean? That, that, that's all the more like we it's important that we learn. Like I'm giving you a lot of information, but what we we got to do something with that information because there's a lot of people who don't know the truth. And when they don't know the truth, the reality is they're going to spend an eternity separated from God. And it's not going to be kicked back with a six-pack in uh, you know, like they have on what's that that, that, that Adam Sandler movie? Um, Little Nicky. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to... Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's not like that. Like they're having a party and everything down, down there. No, no, no. To, not even close. It, 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 what we have to understand is the reality is that there is a separation from God. The Bible says we're weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, you know, so well, what, what do I got to do? We, we just got to tell them about Jesus. It's, it's simple. It's not easy. Some people, I can't talk to people. Yeah, yeah, you can. If God told you to do something, He gives you the power and strength to do it. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Fear's a liar. They wrote a song about that, right? Okay? So, but understand that, we, that, that back to the, this, this, our image, or the image of God, we are, our image of God in us is distorted, or the image of God in us is distorted, but it doesn't, stay, doesn't have to stay that way. It's distorted, but it's not lost. Let's go to, to the, the, uh, the last one there, the restored image. I, I skipped over this. I have here in my notes, Ecclesiastes 7.29, um, under the distorted image, because it says this, that God uh, made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. So it's, it's, 
It's communicating that God made them this way, but they, they, they sought out different ways. Different way. Any way that's contrary to God's way, that's a scheme. It's a scheme of the devil. All right, the restored image. Because this is where the so what comes in. Because we can understand the created image, and we can understand that man, we can see that it's been distorted. But if we just leave it at that and we say amen and we go out of here, I mean, that's, there, there's no, okay, well, how do I, what do I do now? What we have to understand is that Christ came to restore humanity back into the complete image of God. Why did Christ come? Yes, He came to, to live a, a life in which we could not live, die a death in which we should die, rise from the dead, and He ascended to the, to the right hand of the Father where He waits. That's what the Apostles' Creed that we just uh, we recited a little bit ago. He, he's waiting to come to judge the living and the dead. So understand that the reason Christ came was to restore humanity. Why? Because God made us, and I'm saying us, humanity, made us to dwell with Him. Read the book of Revelation. Read how it says that, that, that um, God is dwelling with His people. God wants us to, have, to be in that relationship with Him. He doesn't force, force us to be in a relationship with Him. He desires for us to be in a relationship with Him. And in that relationship, that is what we understand why Christ came and that through Christ, humanity is being restored. Now, some of you be like, oh, he's not doing a very good job. Could you imagine if what the earth would be like, what the world would be like if Christ hadn't come? I mean, it would, I can't imagine what that would be before. Because what we have to understand is that when Christ came, he came to display the perfect image of God to us. If we want to know, and I know this has been a huge theme throughout as we've been talking about doctrines, if we want to know here the doctrine of humanity and what that truly looks like and, and, and who God really we look to Jesus. He's the perfect image of God. Because it says that in Him the fullness of, God's, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He's the fullness of God. So when we understand that, okay, created in the image of God, it was broken. It was distorted. It doesn't have to stay distorted. It says, I've got here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I think this is where we're going to bring and land the plane here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, what we see is that the divine image is renewed. When I say the divine image, the way in which God created man in woman, humanity, mankind, in the beginning, the divine image is renewed in all who are united with him by faith. The important thing there is united by faith. Yes, humanity is in the process of being restored, but humanity is only restored through faith in Jesus Christ. It says there, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God. This is, uh, Paul's talking about Moses when, when he would come down off of the mountain and he would be glowing, uh, not because he's radioactive, but because he was in the presence of God and he would veil his face. He says now, this now, he's referring to like, we, the veil is lifted. If, if we, we've had an encounter with God, we don't have to have a veiled face. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed 
into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Understand this, that we are being transformed. Who's being transformed? Those who have faith in Christ. That's not a badge of honor where you go around and beat people over the head. You need Jesus. Wham! That's truth, but that's not in love. Right? So we understand that, that it's through that, that, that faith relationship with Christ that we can see the Creator of the universe. And it's by our relationship with Him, like it says, that we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Well, what does that mean? That means the more time you spend with Jesus is the more time that you're going to look like Jesus. Too often what we have... I mean, just look at, look at people in your life. You can always tell when somebody's hanging out with somebody else because they start picking up mannerisms and, and, and words and everything. Just, just think about that. When The more time we spend with Jesus is the more we're going to look like Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect image of God. And that's that, that, that being, being transformed by, from one degree of glory to the next. When you are transformed by the Creator of the universe. You, can't, you cannot look at it like, All right, what am I going to benefit from this? Because your heart's not right. But what I can, I can promise you this. When you are transformed, and God is transforming you because you're becoming more and more like Jesus, when you are transformed, your life will be different. You won't have to convince someone, yeah, I really am a Christian. I promise. <laughs> that's probably an argument that you're, you're, you're losing for a reason. But when you're transformed, Christ is going to live in you. He's going to live through you. And as that happens, your life is going to be different. I'm not going to say everybody's life is going to be good. No, because there are pains and trials and tribulations that we're going to have to face because of the world in which we live in. Like we'll talk next week because of what sin has done to this world. But what we have to understand and we have to grab hold of and we have to hold on tight to is that I am created in the image of God. It has been distorted, but it is being renewed through my relationship with Him. Why is a relationship with God so vitally important? Because the image of God is being renewed and restored in you. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, we... We thank You for who You are. We thank You for what You're doing. God, as we talked about Your image, God, we want to be image bearers of You so that those that are around us that, 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 that need that help, maybe they're in our family or in our works or, or, or whatever, those around us that, that need to see You, they can see You through us. So Father, let us, um, let us grab hold of the, the created part and the distorted part only to be able to understand and, and live in the restored part. God, let us live in the truth of restoration. That's the business in which You're in. God, I ask as we go um, out of here in a few minutes, I just ask that we can just take this truth and, and, and continue to, to, to feed on, on this the rest of the week until we come back again. Lord God, it's your honor, it's your glory, it's all for you. In Jesus' name, amen.